Chapter Thirteen of From Slave Cabin to Pulpit by Peter Randolph. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Thirteen Retrospect. The river has its bend, and the longest road must terminate. As I look backward and take a retrospective view of my past toils and sorrows, and the vicissitudes through which I have passed, I feel that I have much to be thankful for i am grateful to almighty god for emancipation from cruel southern bondage and for directing my course to liberty-loving massachusetts i am thankful to that noble band of men and women who by pen and tongue acting under the highest impulse did not hesitate to perform their duty in behalf of outraged and oppressed humanity i shall never forget those brave and patriotic men who tearing themselves from the embrace of their families hastened to the scene of conflict and poured out their dearest blood for freedom and right i thank god for the unity and good feeling that exist between the north and the south for the material prosperity of which we have a right to boast and join with others in the grand anthems of praise my country tis of thee sweet land of liberty god bless our native land and firm may she ever stand but with all my gratitude and praise i still feel ashamed of the present condition of our colored americans in this great country a candid review of that condition will show that it is far from what it ought to be in view of the great loss of blood and treasure the sacrifices and insults that the anti-slavery folks were forced to endure the suffering and privations of the soldiers on the battlefield and in prison pens the loss of over a million lives and eight billions of money should have been sufficient to dig a grave so deep for slavery that it would never rise again to vex the country in any form doubtless there are many who think this has been done and done once for all i sincerely hope so but as in the days of slavery so now i hear the voice of my oppressed brethren in the south crying for help and protection protection from the lash shotgun lynching and that most fiendish custom which was unknown in the days of slavery the burning of colored people alive at the stake these my outraged brethren have again and again waited upon the president through their delegations and presented to him their grievances the delegations have been politely received only to be informed that the president could do nothing they have returned to their homes to be abused the more for daring to complain of the treatment accorded them by the white south outrageous methods are resorted to in order to defraud the poor people out of their honest toil and deprive them of their civil and political rights many of these methods are known to both white and colored if the colored citizens dare to come together and defend themselves and their homes the attacking party raise the cry of race riot and forthwith the state militia hurries to the scene to shoot and abuse the colored people only white men who condemn and speak out against this condition of affairs are gagged or forced to leave the section for a more congenial clime the pulpit and press which are recognized forces in every community encourage rather than condemn the persecution of the colored people the pulpit by its silence the press by actually urging it on a colored man may be arrested on suspicion of crime and before his trial or even he reaches jail the southern press publishes to the world that a black fiend has been arrested and it is likely he will be lynched 
the white south seems to think the colored americans have but few rights that they are bound to respect and they have the colored people in their hands as clay in the hands of the potter to mould into shape or dash into pieces the north judging from its indifference and non-interference are gradually turning the whole negro question over to the south to take care of what will the south do with the negro will be the question will she educate and elevate him as an intelligent citizen or degrade him to a serf and slave she has the power to do either the unconditional control the victorious north permitted the conquered south to exercise over the colored people since emancipation is one of the things that will perplex the future historian for explanation the north with the aid of two hundred thousand colored soldiers succeeded in giving the south a severe thrashing president lincoln when he saw the bravery and courage that was displayed by these soldiers on the battlefield regardless of his previous opinions he may have held on the subject declared before his god that the four millions of slaves in this country should be free and general benjamin f butler when he rode over that memorable battlefield and saw the ground covered with brave black soldiers then and there he resolved before god to these people ever to be true and he kept his word to the letter and when he breathed his last at the national capital his colored friend and faithful servant was the last one to look upon his living countenance lincoln and butler had good reasons for changing their former views relative to the status of the colored people in this country their position to the general government and to their former masters should have guaranteed to them better protection to set them free and leave them without the necessary protection at the mercy of their former owners maddened by reason of their defeat was indeed an oversight the southern whites could forgive their northern brethren for taking up arms against them but for the colored man and slave who dared to take up arms against the south there could be no forgiveness the only thing for them was death and they have endeavored to make the negro's freedom taste as bitter to him as the dregs of slavery ever tasted charles sumner with the insight of a true statesman anticipated this state of affairs realizing as he did that the negro question was directly or indirectly the source of all the trouble it was his supreme desire and aim to so fix this question once for all that unlike banquo's ghost it would never arise to frighten the american people again he said to the country in acts if not in words the only way to settle this question is to change the status of the negro make him a man with all the rights of an american citizen and put in his hands the ballot as a means of his protection he labored for the realization of this result but died before its consummation among his last words were these do not forget my civil rights bill the north has forgotten it and the south has thrown it overboard as a blunder of statesmanship i shall never forget my interview with mr sumner at the coolidge house boston on one of my return visits from the south the object of my visit was to lay before him the condition of my people as i viewed them from personal contact it was early morning when i called about the time he was to have his breakfast as i was ushered into his presence he remarked that i would have to talk to him while he was eating for his time was so taken up that he had but few moments to spare 
i began by saying that there was never a people in all the history of the world that were placed in a similar position as my people are placed at the present time i spoke of the madness of the slaveholders as analogous to that of pharaoh when he was forced to let the people go but i continued the red sea separated pharaoh and his slaves the freedmen of the south were left with their masters where there was hate and malice indescribable the subject of the king departed with gold silver and herds of cattle but the poor emancipated slave had nothing but his empty hands as i thus began to talk with senator sumner he rested his knife and fork and looked at me with signs of deep sympathy said he mr randolph in my feelings and sympathies i am a colored man and feel most deeply all the wrongs that your people suffer he also referred to the trouble he was having with his own party intimating that it was departing from its true principles and about to leave the colored man out in the cold many of us have been taught by experience that sumner was right and this will be seen more and more as the years advance if sumner was wrong in advocating the ballot for the negro lincoln was wrong in issuing his emancipation proclamation if the proclamation was a military necessity the ballot was a necessity for in the absence of military protection the ballot was the only protector to condemn one is to condemn the other freedom and the right of franchise have come to the colored man through the terrible ordeal of war the question that is paramount to all questions is shall the results of the war be recognized this question the north must ask itself and put it to the south and demand an answer nowhere in our broad land north or south are freedom and citizenship accorded to colored people as to others there are not a few who endeavor to excuse their treatment of the negro because of his vices they say he is a thief unreliable and immoral to intimate that all men are thieves and liars because one man is found out to be so is to manifest one's ignorance of human nature which is the same in a black man as it is in a white man under similar circumstances to say that all colored people are dishonest and of a bad character is to be guilty of the same foolishness on examination it will be found that the honesty and integrity of the colored people will compare favorably with others in the community those who are dishonest and immoral are greatly indebted to the institution of slavery for their inheritance slavery taught them to steal food by depriving them of sufficient food it taught them to lie by punishing them severely when detected and taught them to be immoral by compelling men and women to marry again and again after their husbands and wives had been sold that they may raise a new set of children for the slave market also by the forced relation of some of the masters and slave drivers who begot children by slave women and sold the females at a high price to become mistresses for white men when our southern friends speak of the immorality of the colored people without giving the cause they should have their fingers guarded upon their lips regardless of all these signs of discouragement there are still signs of encouragement the progress the colored people have made in face of all difficulties is phenomenal since their emancipation they have increased from four millions to eight millions every seat in their schoolhouses is filled and there is an urgent appeal for more efficient schools 
the colored population in the united states pay taxes on two hundred and sixty four million dollars worth of property and according to mr grady's statement the colored people in georgia alone pay taxes on forty million dollars worth of property and according to the auditor's last report of virginia they pay over twelve million dollars on taxable property the colored man is not only a plantation hand but he is a mechanic tradesman and banker he is a preacher teacher editor lawyer and doctor the colored people in the states support seven colleges seventeen academies and fifty high schools in which there are thirty thousand pupils they have one million five hundred thousand children in the common schools and twenty four thousand teachers more than two million five hundred thousand of the race can read and write to let the negro alone remove all impediments out of his way and encourage him to make progress along these lines will solve what appears to many to be a difficult problem the duty of the colored man for the hour is to prepare himself to be an intelligent and industrious american citizen the white people of this country and of the world should be patient with the negro in his progress for it will be impossible for him to eliminate in one generation the evil effects of two hundred and fifty years of american slavery christian civilization if it has free course will adjust difficulties if this cannot what will will immigration solve the question no that will simply throw our duty and responsibility on others will extermination satisfy no it will add insult to injury and like cain and his brother will greatly add sorrow to this life and the life to come there is but one rule and one only that can solve the race problem and all difficult problems that rule came from heaven through jesus christ and was given to man as his only safe guide it is called the golden rule do unto others as you would have others do unto you on this rest the joy or sorrow of america End of chapter thirteen